Welcome to Psych Talk. I am your host, Jessica Lee, a licensed clinical psychologist and self-growth coach for women in helping professions. It is my mission to motivate, inspire, and educate you on everything psychology and self-growth. Whether you are a mental health professional or student in the social science field, are interested in psychology and mindset shifts, or are just interested in gaining skills and knowledge to grow into the best version of yourself, this podcast is for you. My hope is to provide you with knowledge and skills that you can implement in your daily life that add up to make a big impact. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to Psych Talk. I'm so excited for you to join me for today's episode. Today's episode is entitled Mind Over Matter, which also happens to be the name of my six-week group coaching program that is launching next Monday, May 25th. I didn't want this episode just to be a promotion of my program, although I will be talking about it throughout, but what I wanted to do was touch on many of the concepts that I coach on in Mind Over Matter to give you a sense of what the program would be like if you decide to enroll, while also providing some free content for my podcast listeners who may be on the fence right now or may be unsure if um, they want to enroll quite yet. So regardless of what you decide to do after listening, I hope you find value and takeaways in today's episode. So before we really dive into the main content of this episode, I first want to talk about what mind over matter actually means. So my nerd came out and I did some research. And so according to Bartlett and Kaplan, 2002, the phrase mind over matter first appeared in 1863 in a book called The Geological Evidence of the Antiquity of Man by Sir Charles Lyell. I don't expect any of you to remember that. Um, So this term in that context was used to refer to the increasing status and evolutionary growth of the minds of animals and humans throughout history. So more recently, or I guess in a more recognizable context, the term mind over matter is frequently used in situations where someone is able to control a physical uh, condition or problem such as pain by using the mind. So we'll see this in sports a lot um, with athletes who may get injured but play through the pain. So the first example refers to the growth of the mind over time, where the second definition speaks to the power of the mind to come overcome physical ailments. So I want you just to hold on to the words growth and power. So when we think of the mind, we think of our brain. And so even if you know minimal anatomy, physiology, biology, you know the brain is one of the largest and most complex organs in the human body. So the brain has so many functions. um, So thinking and problem solving, judgment, memory, voluntary movements, motor function, coordination and balance, auditory and visual processing, breathing, sleeping, sending messages to other body parts, just to name a few. (laughs) So our brain is a very, very powerful thing, as is our mind. Our mindset, the things we say to ourselves, our attitude going into different situations, 
all impact how we behave and how we feel. So this is one concept I talk about in Mind Over Matter, which is the interconnection between our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So if anyone listening has learned cognitive behavioral therapy, if you are in the mental health field like I am, or has gone to cognitive behavioral therapy as a client, this concept is likely familiar to you. But even as someone who has been practicing CBT for years, I oftentimes need to remind myself about this interconnection when applying it to my daily life. So when we are in a negative mindset, whether we are giving into limiting beliefs, are engaging in negative self-talk, focus on all the bad that is happening to us, whatever we're doing, it is going to make us feel sad, depressed, irritated, or some other negative emotion. It is also going to cause us to behave in a way that is likely going to reinforce our negative thought pattern. So let's think of an example that many of us can at least relate to or imagine relating to. So you're going into work, you're rushing into work, you have a bunch of stuff in your hands, you go to open the door and you spill your coffee on your white shirt. So not only are you in physical pain from the hot coffee just burning you, you might say something to yourself like, of course this had to happen to me. Oh, I'm so stupid or some other negative thing, blaming yourself. How is that going to make you feel? You're probably going to feel frustrated, annoyed. If other people were around and saw you, you possibly feel embarrassed. So if you're feeling those things and you're saying to yourself that you're stupid um, or whatever negative self-talk you're engaging in, how would you respond? Since you're frustrated, you may be short with colleagues. Um, You may withdraw from social interactions because you are embarrassed about the coffee stain down your shirt. You may also subconsciously seek out other bad things throughout the day to confirm that your day is quote-unquote horrible. Like how many times have you woken up in the morning in a bad mood or something happens early on in the morning that is negative or doesn't go as planned and you engage in like fortune telling, basically saying, oh, it's going to be a horrible day. This is going to be a horrible day. Even if you're not consciously seeking out those negative experiences, because you are in the mindset of this is going to be a horrible day, those are the things you're going to focus on. You're going to focus on all the things bad that happen or the things that go wrong. So how many times has something bad happened to you throughout the day that maybe had lasted a couple minutes? I don't know, your, your boss yells at you, you get frustrated with a coworker, you get frustrated with your child, um, you stub your toe, anything that only lasts for a couple minutes. However, since you ruminate on it all day, you think about it over and over again, at the end of the day, you say to yourself, Today was horrible. But if you take a step back and reflect, the day was not actually horrible. It was a horrible couple of minutes. However, since we continue to let that negative impact event impact your day and your mood and your behavior, you go through the rest of the day in that negative mindset. So when you look back on it, All you see is the bad things that happen. We all do this. I can think of so many times where I got home at the end of the day and said the day was long, it was stressful, it was bad, or whatever 
word I decided to use. But when I actually reflected on my day, I was able to identify many good things that happen. So this leads into a broader discussion on emotions. I have heard so many people say that negative emotions last longer than positive ones. This is simply not true. Um, I like to say emotions last as long as we let them. So according to Dr. Jill Bolt-Taylor, she is a brain neuroanatomist from Harvard, emotions only last 90 seconds. And this is based on the physiological experience and the chemical release in our brain. So after 90 seconds, the automatic response is over. However, emotions tend to last longer because we tend to ruminate on them particularly negative ones. So going back to the coffee example I gave earlier, if we tend to focus on the fact that we spilled coffee all over ourselves, we ruminate on how frustrated we are, or we talk negatively um, to ourselves for making a mistake, our anger, our frustration, or whatever we are feeling is going to last longer. I just said that we tend to believe negative emotions last longer. um, And this is because we ruminate on them. So I want to provide another example of comparing a negative emotion to a positive one to really emphasize this point. So imagine you are at work and your boss or supervisor pulls you aside and tells you that you did a great job on something. In the moment, you may feel happy and proud. You likely think about it for a little while, but then you go ahead with the rest of your day. At the end of the day, you may come home and tell your partner, you may call a friend and tell them that you were complimented, but it's likely that you do not spend a lot of time basking in the compliment. Some of us, especially those of us who may minimize our skills and talents, may even brush it off or make up a reason as to why our boss didn't truly mean it or minimize the impact. Like, oh, our boss probably said that to everybody or, you know, they were just being nice. Now, in contrast, imagine you're at work and your boss or supervisor pulls you aside and gives you some constructive feedback that was negative about something that you did. In the moment, you may feel anxious, embarrassed, some other negative emotion. But compared to the positive situation I just talked about, it is more likely that you are going to ruminate on the negative situation for the rest of the day or take a more cautious approach to your work. You may even become angry or upset. The negative emotion lasts longer because you are hyper-focusing on what was said that made you feel bad. Rather than, as I said in the previous example, thinking about it for a couple minutes and moving on. One thing I talk about and teach on in Mind Over Matter is how our approach to our emotions really impacts us and how we need to approach our emotions with a mindful awareness. So if you listen to episode three of this podcast, which was entitled Mindful Awareness, you will have some idea of what this means. So as a brief overview, 
Approaching your emotions with mindful awareness means you recognize your emotions as they are without judgment and without suppressing or over-identifying with them. So going back to the examples of bosses, you know, with the positive, we recognize it for a moment and then we tend to suppress it or like I said, make up reasons why our boss wasn't actually complimenting us or minimizing the compliment. We're not approaching that with a mindful awareness. We're suppressing it. In contrast, if a boss says something constructive to you that you take as negative and you just think about it over and over again, you're over-identifying with it. So as you move forward, I challenge you to spend more time celebrating the positive emotions that you experience throughout the day while recognizing the negative experiences without ruminating on them. If you catch yourself ruminating on a negative event that is causing some negative emotions, ask yourself, is thinking about this helpful? And if it is not, ask yourself what you can do to help yourself in the moment. Is this something you need to problem solve? Is this something you need to distract yourself with? Something else. If this is this something that it may be beneficial if you challenged your unhelpful thinking. So by now in this episode, we have established that our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are all interconnected. When something negative happens, we tend to ruminate on it, thinking negative things about the event, thinking about the event over and over, which perpetuates a cycle of negative emotions, negative thoughts, and negative behaviors such as withdrawal or being short with colleagues, whatever it is. But the good news is that we have the ability to change those thoughts and behaviors as well as how we experience and ruminate on our emotions. One of my favorite quotes regarding this change is, the mind is a powerful thing, but I have the power to change my mind. And this doesn't just apply to mindset. This can apply to anything in life, um, any belief you have. Um, politics comes to mind. I'm not going to talk about politics on this podcast other than probably this example. But if you have a political belief about something, but then you are exposed to new information, you talk with people that may have differing views, you get more educated on the subject, you have the ability to change your belief about that certain topic. So this does not only just apply to our core beliefs, what we believe about ourselves, the way we talk to ourselves, it can apply to anything. We always have the power to change our mind if what we are changing it to is going to be more helpful and beneficial for us. So true growth and an improved relationship with ourselves comes from doing the inner work. That includes modifying your underlying beliefs, learning how to challenge or adapt your unhelpful thoughts, accepting your emotions with a mindful awareness, allowing yourself to feel without suppressing or over-identifying with them, adjusting your responses when negative emotions or situations arise, and changing your behaviors to behaviors that align with the person you want to be. I know what I just said sounds like a lot, (laughs) and I am not going to deny that it doesn't take work because it does, but it is also very possible. So to improve your feelings of self-confidence and feelings of self-worth, 
everything starts with your mindset. We all have these beliefs that we developed in childhood that we have carried with us throughout our lives. Many of us do not even recognize we have these beliefs that are holding us back because they're so ingrained in us. We believe them as truth. So some beliefs might be love is conditional. I am not worthy. My best is never good enough. If we approach life believing these things, whether consciously or unconsciously, we are going to seek out opportunities to confirm these beliefs. We are going to be holding ourselves back or we're going to minimize when good things happen to us because they do not align with our belief. I want to emphasize that I am not blaming anyone for engaging in these thoughts and behaviors. We all do it and we may not even realize. So the first step to growth and change is recognizing how we speak to ourselves, how we handle our emotions. Do we suppress them? Do we over-identify them? Do we tend to react rather than respond? And how are we behaving? Are my behaviors in line with what I value? Are the things I'm doing things I actually enjoy? Am I living my life for myself or am I living it for other people? Those are just some questions to prompt your thinking. So a lot of time we think that things like being a certain weight, making a certain amount of money, or having certain material items is what is going to bring us happiness. But the research does not support this. When we think deeper into these concepts, is it really the weight we are after or are we actually seeking self-confidence? Is it the money we are after or the freedom that comes along with being financially secure? Is it the material item that is going to bring us happiness? Or are we seeking a tangible item to fill some type of underlying void? I am not saying that this is the case for everyone in every situation, but I do encourage you to take some time today to reflect on the things that you really want in life, particularly those that you think will make you happy. And start questioning what about the particular thing do you believe will make you happy? What are you actually seeking? When you are able to identify what you're actually seeking, whether it's safety, security, freedom, a sense of calm, it is then that you are able to start growing and changing and working towards the things you actually want. So my tagline for my program is shift your mindset to the things that matter. Although this is not fully in line with the meaning of mind over matter, I do think it is an important concept. So many of us live our lives on autopilot. We are constantly doing things because we think we have to or we think we should. We focus on all the things that are going wrong, our doubts, our insecurities, rather than celebrating the small victories. But if we take time to pause, reflect, and identify what it is that truly matters to us, what we value, who we want to be, we can start making small changes in our life to align with those things. Shift our focus from the things we feel pressured to do to the things we actually want to do and enjoy. You hold the power within you to grow and change in the way that you desire. So in this episode, I have touched on a lot of things that I will be covering in way more depth in the actual program. 
Whether you decide to enroll or not, I hope you found some value in what I discussed today and have identified areas in your life where you want to dig deeper into reflection and make some changes. To give you a little bit more information about Mind Over Matter, it is a six-week group coaching program. Each week, I take you through a different module, which includes a live training, PDF handout of the information covered, four journal prompts, and a live group coaching call each week. So the topics covered include core beliefs, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, emotions, automatic thoughts, value-aligned behaviors, and boundary setting. So if you are ready to make a change in your life, this is your sign to do so. I know you will find so much value in the program. So thank you for joining me in today's episode. Like I said, Mind Over Matter relaunches on Monday, May 25th. You do not want to miss out on this program. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed this episode so much, and I can't wait for you to tune in next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Psych Talk. I hope you found so much value. If you loved what you heard or gained some knowledge, I would love for you to take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram stories, and tag me at Jessica Lee PhD. Additionally, I would be honored if you leave a review and five-star rating so I can continue to help this podcast grow. If you are not already, follow me on Instagram and join my Facebook community, Grow Through What You Go Through. Thank you for joining me today, and I cannot wait for you to join me during the next episode. Remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and you are braver than you know.